Welcome in to 20th and Blake here on the Mile High Sports Podcast Network. I am your host, Drew Creaseman, And as always, I'm excited to be talking Colorado Rockies baseball with you. Colorado Rockies improved last night to 5-2 and two with a win over the Chicago Cubs and a score of 6-5. to five. Armen Marquez has a bad night on the hill, but the bullpen bails him out, continues to be one of the strongest elements of the team. Rockies record six runs on 11 hits, the big ones coming from Sam Hilliard, and of course, Alan Trejo and Chris Bryant extends his hit streak out to seven games. Figured I would wrap up this one for you. Talk a little bit about the, the rest of the series and see what we're going to get here out of the Chicago Cubs. But boy, do your Colorado Rockies continue to play a very interesting brand of baseball. The most important element of the team and the strongest element of the team, according to just about anybody who's actually paying attention and, and analyzing them over the last couple of years. Uh, even people that I've very strongly disagreed with about any number of other things would tell you that the starting pitching has been the strength of the Colorado Rockies for really three or four, probably five years now, and they should be on paper. That That is still what they should be. And, you know, I was talking to people coming into the season, and we were all kind of in agreement that those top four starting pitchers just have to be fantastic. They need to make anywhere from 25 to 30 starts. They can't sustain any really serious injuries. The depth is is shaky at best, but the top four guys, and with a, maybe a solid, steady Chad Cool, who you're not expecting a lot of great things out of, but solid and, and steady, that was going to be kind of the the methodology, right? That was going to be the philosophy of this team. And so far, the starting pitching just hasn't been the strength. In fact, if anything, so far, the starting pitching has been the weakness. Now, they haven't been terrible by any means. You know, we've talked, I talked on the last episode about Kyle Freeland and his ability to recover from some of the things that, uh, you know, had been bothering him for, you know, him to not be out of that last game in the second and all of that. And, and there's a similar story going on here with Armand Marquez, who came out and, and did didn't have it. He said after the game, he admitted that from his bullpen session, before the game even started, he did not have it. Uh, he didn't have his stuff. He didn't have his delivery. You could see it. The velocity wasn't there. He was spraying the baseball around. His slider looked okay, but he couldn't throw it for a strike, and everything else was just kind of bleh. He wasn't getting first pitch strikes. He wasn't commanding the zone. He wasn't controlling anything. And yet, he managed to gut his way through and he really like he could have maybe gotten through that fifth inning there but he didn't he goes 4.1 gives up 10 hits the four earned runs only strikes out three really wasn't getting a lot of swings and misses at all guys weren't biting on stuff he just wasn't his best self and that's gonna happen um you know I I talked to my my friend Mark Knudsen a lot y'all know him here on the Mile High Sports Network and uh, you know him as a former pitcher in Major League Baseball and a Colorado guy and a guy who who pitched for the Rockies for a time and one of the things he, he always talks about with starting pitchers is that you know if you're gonna make 30 starts over the course of a season 10 of those games you're gonna have your best stuff and you're going to be just you're, you're going to be the best pitcher that you can possibly be. You're going to go out there, and if you're really talented, that means you're going to you know go seven innings, one run, or whatever, right? Um, then there's going to be ten games where it's a little in between, 
and you, you've got some of your stuff, but you're you're not you, you know you're fighting for it, and, and you're kind of and then there's going to be ten games where you go out there and you just don't have it, and a lot of the great pitchers figure out a way to not let those games get away from them, and those games have been where our men Marquez has torpedoed his own numbers, uh, torpedoed his own potentially fantastic seasons, and and potential consideration for Cy Young's and, and all of this stuff. If you look at the course of his career, too many games where a game like what happened last night, instead of him going 4.1, four earned runs, it would have been three innings and eight earned runs. And Buddy would have had to have gone out there and taken the ball away from him a lot sooner. Now, uh, the, the the skipper w- didn't want to take the ball from him. He said after the game, you know, that was a really tough... Just, you, you don't want to do that. Herman's one of our guys. He's He's been a cornerstone of this franchise for a while. You know, and, and we believe in him. But you've also got to recognize that you've got a chance to win the ball game there. Uh, that after the Trejo home run that you're up, then he didn't have his stuff. And that he did battle better than you've seen him do in the past. And, and bailing him out there... And going to Ty Block, who got out of that jam beautifully, only allowing a sack fly with the bases loaded one out situation. You know, it raises everybody's confidence. And as much as this wasn't the kind of big overcoming that I'd like to see out of Marquez when he doesn't have his stuff and he gives up three early runs and he's had a lot of traffic. You know, I still think there's another gear in there that he can find and and go and, and finish that fifth inning. And say it wasn't a good start, but I give you a Coors Field quality start out of it. Or maybe even go a sixth inning and get you a legitimate quality start out of it. That's the progression that I would like to see out of Marquez as a guy who I know has that kind of talent. And that this has been his thing. This is absolutely for his whole career. He's always had those games when, uh, back to Knudsen's you know, point, in the 10 games where he's got it, you're, you're on no-hitter watch. And he's gotten that close a couple of times because he's that good when he's got it. But he needs to figure out, and we've seen Kyle Freeland do it better over the years, opening day, that game got away from him. Look, those are going to happen too. But you see him bounce back in his second start, even with the troubling first, right? Marquez did similarly, couldn't quite get the length. Frustrating start from him, but this is, you know, somebody DM'd me or maybe just shouted out on, on Twitter last night and said, the Rockies don't win this game last year. And I 100% agree, and it's for a myriad of reasons. The two biggest ones are, I think Marquez implodes a little bit more a year ago or two years ago. I think he lets that game get out of hand. And secondarily, of course, the, the most obvious one, right, is that even if, Marquez, this whole thing plays out exactly the same from a Marquez and offensive standpoint, having to go to the bullpen again in the fifth and have them get all of these innings, that would have been their undoing, right? No way the Rockies win another ball game with their bullpen having to pick up so many innings, but they do. As I mentioned, Block goes out there, he gets the out, uh, gets out of that, then goes ahead and pitches the next inning. So he continues to have a zero ERA through the start. Uh, he's very clearly enjoying being back in his hometown and has been just an absolute find for this bullpen so far as both a lefty that they needed and as a long man that they needed. Colome with a clean inning. Well, he did walk a guy. 
a uh, little iffy in that at bat. Uh, but overall, his cutter continues to look absolutely fantastic. Uh, he's uh, He got his first hold of the season, for whatever you care about that stuff. Did have a big strikeout uh, also to end it. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I think he's going to be really just solid now. Looking at him, and I think it was smart of the Rockies not to throw him, you know, immediately into the closer roles. A lot of people thought, whatever you may feel about Daniel Bard and how kind of intense those things can get at the very least he's had the experience of doing this at Coors Field and if you know you, you do have to move on from him eventually maybe and and I I don't know we'll see as, as if you if you're longtime listeners you know if you were listening as I came into the season one of my big predictions that I thought Bard was in for a good year and obviously you know he gives up a couple of hits and the run last night but and he gave up the home run in Texas for the blown save right but the stuff is all still there. His location can can drive you a little bit crazy at times, to be sure. But the stuff is fantastic. And until, you know, he really starts giving up those, those extra runs, as I've often said, there's a huge difference between blowing the save and blowing the game or giving up a run and giving up the save. The, you know, Manny, our, our guy Manny Rondawa was big last night on the phrase, Ben, don't break. You're not going to be perfect as a reliever, as a pitcher, as a baseball player. And you're definitely not going to be perfect at Coors Field, right? We've seen the, look at the the inning, the, and there was a lot of this in these first two games. The Cubs just reaching out, hitting stuff off the end of the bat. How many doubles have we seen fall in in front of guys? Like look at Carlos Estevez's inning, right? First guy reaches on a double in front of the center fielder just because of the way the outfield was shifted and the way it kind of blooped in out there. And, and there's nothing those guys can do about that, right? That's just pure dumb luck. And it's one of the things that comes with the BABIP issue at Coors Field, right? The batting average on balls in play at Coors Field is ridiculous. And that's something that pitchers need to learn to deal with. And so you're you're not, you and you shouldn't expect Daniel Bard to be perfect. But as long as he's coming in and not, imploding and no one in the bullpen is doing that yet totally imploding you can give up a run they're gonna give up runs you don't want them giving up two three four five runs and again if you're a longtime Rockies fan listening to this you know exactly what I'm talking about (laughs) you know exactly the kind of thing I'm talking about so just really more fantastic stuff out of the bullpen really weird story if you heard it that Carlos talking after the game last night about you know, probably part of the reason why he was a little bit wild was he got a beer spilled on him right before coming into the game, splashed into his eye. You could see if you were watching on TV, I had the monitor right by me in the press box. You could see him wiping at his eye and they were using some eye drops and, and trying to help him out. And he, he was definitely struggling with it. So not to make an excuse for him, you know, walking the bases loaded. He did get, you know, a double play around there and then uh, Tyler Kinley coming in and helping him out and uh, the umpire behind the plate helping Tyler Kinley out on that second pitch I really hate that strike call by the way brief aside that pitch was never a strike a breaking ball that's up that bends down but still is up at the end that's a really tough strike to call on a guy Um, a really tough one and the strike zone got very loose toward the end of the game last night Uh, but I was freezing my ass off so I didn't mind it uh, but it was, yeah. Anyway, Kinley does the job. These guys picking each up, picking each other up all over the place. Really cool to see stuff like that. Three pitch strikeout with the bases loaded and two outs is a, that's just a huge lift for your ball club. Even if you get a little help, uh, you know, at the top of the zone there, really good stuff from Kinley. Cause that again, you know, the Rockies lose the game right there in, I feel like 
most seasons past, even teams that have been good Rockies teams lose the game right there in that spot. Kinley comes in and maybe puts one in the dirt and tie ball game or a guy hits a grounder that just gets through the left side and, and the Cubs take the lead or, or whatever it is, right? Another bloop hit into the shallow outfield and three runs score because everyone was off on the pitch and there's two outs. You know, those are the kinds of things I'm just so used to seeing. And Kinley coming in, throwing three pitches, walking off the field, leaving them loaded. That felt very new. <laughs> that was, was kind of a new experience, wasn't it? And then I kind of went over the barred inning already. A couple of hits, a run given up, uh, does get a big strikeout, earns his third save of the season, has one blown save, but the Rockies still won that game. So I think you've got to leave your bullpen set up pretty much as it is right now. And really, I wouldn't, I, just don't mess with it. Just leave the, you know, the, the bullpen right now is like, I don't know if any of you out there are, or gamers, if you ever play a video game or whatever, if you've ever been in the zone with a game or, or in the zone with anything, maybe you're a musician and you, you're in the pocket, you're a dancer. You know, there, there's that thing. Just, just don't, don't even look at the bullpen right now. Buddy shouldn't even just, just whoever's available, just grab them and get them out there and just, just run it the way they've been. Uh, Colome is your seven inning guy. Estevez is your eight inning guy. Bard is your nine inning guy. Everybody else is on board for any other situation they might need to come into. Chassin and Block are going to give you multiple innings if you need it and run with it. Like for now, just don't worry too much about it. And of course, as I mentioned on the last podcast, the really interesting thing is going to be when they add Lucas Gilbreth and Robert Stevenson back into the mix, the bullpen should theoretically get more talented. Now they're not going to have a sub one ERA all year. They're just not. But there's, there's a lot to like about the bullpen, even beyond just the obvious baseline results right a couple other things from the game uh connor joe with another base hit did strike out twice one of them was absolutely absurd you could see like he's the nicest guy in the world and he wasn't going to say anything but you can see the look at his eye like he knew it wasn't a strike because he knows the strike zone so well and it was it was that inning where the rockies scored five and i think the ump was kind of trying to bail uh stroman out of the inning a little bit there because joe walked off and he just went nope um Charlie Blackman did have a double and an RBI in the game. Uh, he's swinging the bat a little bit better the last couple. We'll we'll keep our eyes on that, obviously. Mentioned Chris Bryant with a couple of hits. Neither one of them scorchers, but the guy continues to get on base at a ridiculous clip. 379 batting average, a 409 on base percentage through the first seven games. Uh, scored a run. Uh, did strike out, but, you know... You're going to continue to see him get on base. I've actually got a story coming up from milehighsports.com on the interesting things I've noticed out of the first seven games from Chris Bryant and why he may be able to be about as good as anybody ever has been at handling the Coors Field hangover effect. We got another home run out of C.J. Crone on a ball that I can't believe he hit out. I really cannot. It was down and in. It didn't, like, it wasn't even his maximum swing effort. It was like he just dropped the bat. It, it looked like a contact swing out of MLB The Show or, like, one of those things where a guy usually just goes down and kind of pulls that thing into the left field corner. Maybe it goes foul if he was a little bit too out in front of it. And Crone instead hit an absolute rocket all the way out to center field at Coors. That was he—he he a big, strong man. That's his third home run of the year already. Uh, as as I've talked about a lot before with him, you know, there'd been some question. You know, is, was it a fluke year or you know what about his his bad start? But he, this is just who CJ Crone is now, and that's a very very good thing for your Colorado Rockies offense. 
couple base hits for Ryan McMahon. Nice to see him getting back into the action, uh, getting a little more contact with the bat, feeling all right, going against the shift with one of them. Uh, still looking to get his average back up, but it's still obviously in the early going. Uh, 250 average, but an 800 OPS for a guy who's struggling on this team. Not so bad, right? Uh, Elias Diaz also with another couple of base hits, so he keeps his good start uh, in terms of contact going with the season, hitting 360 early on. Sam Hilliard with maybe the at-bat of the night. I know we want to give it to Alan Trejo, and I'm going to finish talking about him, but uh, this was big for me for a couple of reasons. Uh, one, the idea of, and, and Bud Black talked about this after the game, right? Picking up your teammate. That, that's a phrase we talk about a lot in baseball. Tyler Kinley picked up Carlos Estevez in a big, big way there, right? Um, Ty Block picked up Armen Marquez and, and his uneven start by coming in and bailing out of that situation and being able to hand it to the bullpen in a winnable game, right? So... This was a big one for me because the Rockies had had no offense going basically all night. Not much. You got a couple of base runners, but Marcus Stroman is a very, very good pitcher. And beyond that, he's arguably, and I'd, I'd have to run even more numbers on this, but I've run a lot of numbers. I've done research on, on visitors to Coors Field, and it's always a small sample size, right? especially for guys who don't play inside the division. But Marcus Stroman coming into last night's game was arguably the best visiting pitcher at Coors Field in modern times, he, he had really good numbers there where guys like Madison Bumgarner and Clayton Kershaw, Steven Strasburg, Jake Arrieta, like there's a lot of pitchers I looked at in this study and they don't, they're, they just have either mediocre or straight up bad numbers at Coors Field. And Marcus Stroman, again, and not a ton of innings, but like 20 something, very good numbers at Coors Field, multiple quality, impressive starts at this ballpark. And that's not something a lot of visiting pitchers can claim. And it looked like he was going to do it again. He's got, you know, the mental, whatever you want to call it. He's got an attitude about him where stuff tends not to get to him. He's got great downward moving stuff that tends to keep the ball on the ground. And he was going well. The Rockies really weren't getting much going against him in the first three innings. And then Ryan McMahon comes up with a big one-out double with a runner on. So now you've got runners at second and third with one out. You're down three, nothing. You've got to score here, right? Because if, if Stroman wriggles out of this, he's probably going to pitch another three or four. He might get into the seventh and you're still down three, nothing, right? This is a huge moment in the game. And Elias Diaz, who's been very good for this team all year, had a bad at bat. Now, I can't say unnecessarily a terrible at-bat. You can swing at the first pitch. You know, you, when you are you go up there with a certain keyhole of a zone when you're trying to make sure that you get a run in here, and, and maybe he's sitting inside and he got his inside fastball and he just worked underneath it, it happens. But it's real tough in that situation to make a pop-out on the infield, essentially. It did go into the outfield a little bit, but it's caught by an infielder on the first pitch of the at-bat. When, you know, the infield's back, ball on the ground, a ball into the outfield. There's so many different ways you can get a run in there. See a couple pitches, maybe throws one in the dirt. You get a run that way. You know, so the first pitch pop out that doesn't bring in a run, really, really a killer of the momentum for your offense. And then Sam Hilliard, the most strikeout prone guy on the team comes up and is in a situation where he falls behind 0-2. And you're just going, oh, man, 
he's going to strike out and the Rockies are not going to score here. And that's going to be the ball game, right? Again, it's like these key moments going back the other way to the Tyler Kinley at bat. You're, you're used to this going the other way. And Hilliard zeroed in. He didn't extend the zone. He worked the count full. He got a pitch he could handle on a slider down and in that didn't get out of the zone. But I don't know that it was trying to be. I think that pitch was pretty much where Stroman was trying to throw it. And Sam just went with it, went down and got it, looped it over the first baseman's head and hit a two RBI double with two outs that made the game 3-2. That for me is the at-bat of the game. That's huge. That picks up Elias Diaz, so he can't. he's not hanging his head going, oh man, I just screwed my team, right? It obviously does the thing where it gets you on the board, which the most important run, you know, other than a potential game winner in any game for your offense, getting that first run is huge. Just getting on the board is how you got to start your offense at some point, right? And then getting the, the starting pitcher out of the game, really extending his pitch count and making sure that the Rockies didn't have to face Stroman for the rest of the game, uh, which, you know, maybe maybe Croner doesn't get his late, his homer the next inning. And, you know, the, the they needed that. The, you end up winning by one run. So it all really came down to that for me, though obviously, of course, the hero of the night is Alan Trejo with the three-run jack. That's huge. That's just, there's no way around that when the guy who is the 28th man on your roster that in any other normal year would be 26 men. And, you know, if not for that extension that they agreed to for this first little while here, he might not even be there. He'd probably be in AAA, right? But Rogers getting off to a little bit of a slow start there and needing someone to go in and give him some run at shortstop. And they put him in. And it's his first start of the season. Uh, he had a much better year offensively last year in AAA, but I, I've never been a huge believer in Alan Trejo's bat. He's a very good defender at shortstop. But, you know, as I always say, these are human beings, not machines. Guy's put on a little bit of weight. He's put on a lot of work. And we'll see. You know, do I expect him to be a huge contributor to this year's team? Not necessarily, but you always need these kinds of guys to have these kinds of moments if you're going to have a special year and if you're going to be one of those teams that does surprise people. And this was one of those kinds of moments. A big three-run home run from the guy batting ninth in your lineup who's there to play solid defense and maybe give a little bit of a spell to Iglesias and Rogers. And now he's back in the lineup today because he had a three run Jack and, and let's see what he's got. You know, he put together some quality at bats. Also, Bud Black likes to do that rule of if you hit a home run, you're in the lineup the next day. But suddenly the Rockies just have a lot of guys who you want to see taken at bat. Even the guys who are struggling right now, you know, Charlie, maybe McMahon a little bit, Rogers, you still want to see those at-bats because you feel like, you know, especially for me, and maybe you don't, but for me, you know, I I, I have a lot of belief that Brendan Rodgers is going to hit. And I don't think Charlie Blackman is done. And so I, I think those guys are going to have their big moments. You know, and these other guys, they'll, they'll cool off some a little bit as well. But the offense continues to be this thing where no one guy is carrying it. Again, you need... You needed Bryant's two hits and one run scored. 
You needed him legging out that infield single. You needed Crone's home run. You needed the two hits from McMahon, the double that set up Hilliard's. You, of course, as I mentioned, you needed Hilliard's double. As it turned out, Ellie's, uh, Elias Diaz's two hits didn't really factor into the scoring all that much. But just knowing that th- that guy is a threat is a huge thing for your offense, right? Hampson uh, got the walk and scored a run. Even he's the only guy that didn't get a hit. And he scored a run. And then obviously your three-run jack from Trejo. That's every person in the lineup contributing to the offense or contributing at least to some part of the offense, even if it's not the scoring offense. And so, and, and no one person carrying them, right? No one went three for four with five ribbies to power them to the win. Every single guy is contributing right now in the lineup out of the bullpen and the starters know they got to get more length. They got to do better, but even the starters aren't losing ball games by themselves. Right. Arguably Freeland, but no, I'm not even, I'm not even putting those entirely on him. So for tonight's game really quickly, just taking a look at it. Uh, Like I mentioned, the lineup uh, Trejo is back in there batting eighth Dom Nunez getting the start batting ninth and uh, Sam Hilliard still in the lineup batting seventh. So, and then Rogers moves down a little bit and is batting sixth. So that's something where right now, you know, you got to hope you get something out of some of those guys because you could be looking at the, the toughest lower half of the lineup that we've seen all season, right? That, that without Gritchick in there, I think he's had a little bit of a back thing without Iglesias in there. You know, with his contact, but these guys need rest. They need to be able to play for the long haul, as people always say, and it's 100% true and it needs to be remembered as baseball is a marathon. And, you know, if they can get production out of those guys, that's huge. So Rogers, Hilliard, Trejo, Nunez. We're going to have our eyes very closely on what they can do with the bottom part of the lineup uh, because it's possible that that's a, a real tough spot for them. But it's also possible it goes the other way. And uh, that's why they play ball games, right? That is why they play the ball games. The Cubs will send Mark Leiter Jr. to the hill. He hasn't made a start in Major League Baseball or an appearance in Major League Baseball, I should say, since 2018. He came up through the Phillies system, had some decent numbers in their minors, but has never had huge, huge numbers. Uh, pitched Four innings so far in AAA this year uh, for the Cubs AAA affiliate at 31 years old. Had a 2.25 ERA for whatever that's worth to you in such a small sample size. But last year in Detroit's AAA system, 89 innings pitched with a 3.34 ERA. But it will be his season debut and, and his first time pitching in the majors in quite some time. So he's got to do it at Coors Field against a lineup that's going really well. But as I was just mentioning... Also not getting the A lineup today from the Colorado Rockies. So we'll see how he's able to navigate and handle that. Colorado will counter with Antonio Senzatella, who was pretty darn good, but not absolutely fantastic in his first outing, sitting there with a 270 ERA, again, in a ridiculously small sample size. Senzatella continues to be one of those guys that I'm often wondering if he's going to have the big breakout, take the next big step forward as he's showcased the ability to do so, especially during that uh, truncated pandemic 2020 season. 
Other than that, though, if he just continues to be solid, the big thing now is obviously innings, 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 innings. We've got to figure out a way to get starters to go a few more innings, give this bullpen a little bit of a rest. As great as they've been, they can't keep doing this all season, and they can't work this many innings all season, even with the reinforcements coming. So it would be really fantastic for the ball club if Senzatella could figure out a way to go six or seven innings, even if that means he gives up three or four runs uh, the Cubs offense seems to be swinging the bats pretty well finding some good contact taking the right approach at Coors Field which is just throw the bat out there get under it hope the ball falls in because it probably will uh, you know and, and we know Sensatella his big issue oftentimes is the, the strikeout right missing bats he makes a lot of weak contact and sometimes that comes back to bite him at Coors Field sometimes that gives him a little extra length length is going to be big really looking for that you know, first seven inning start, start out of somebody other than Marquez. So those are the things I'll have my eye on for tonight. Uh, like I said, the back end of the lineup, how deep Sensatella can go. We'll always be keeping our eyes on that bullpen. And we're still looking for Chris Bryant to hit his first home run as a member of the Colorado Rockies. And it would only seem right for him to do it against his former team in the Chicago Cubs. He's got two games to do it with the night game on Saturday and the day game finishing out the series on Sunday where Drew Smiley will take on Austin Gomber. Thank you all for listening into this episode of 20th and Blake here on the Mile High Sports Podcast Network. Make sure you're checking out all the written content at milehighsports.com. You're following everybody else in the Mile High Sports family. You're checking out all those podcasts, hanging out with me on Twitter at Drew Creaseman. And don't forget that you can slide into my DMs and ask me about the Discord channel where you can come and hang out and talk to a whole lot of Rockies fans in a non-toxic environment where no one's going to mock you for, you know, being a fan of a baseball team or whatever. So I appreciate you all so, so much for continuing to be absolutely awesome out there. You know that I will continue to be absolutely Drew Creaseman in here. And until next time, I will see you. Oh.